Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is our second episode now of Let's Read Out. For those who took the time to tune in last time, thank you so much for all your love and support and all your amazing encouragement and messages. If you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, this is my brand new podcast, primarily for radiologists, those who want to be better consultants, better practical radiologists, the show is for you. Today I have the privilege of interviewing Dr. A.J. Mariano. He serves as the Assistant Program Director for the Fellowship at Stanford University in Body Imaging. Welcome, A.J. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. A.J., what's our topic for today's second show? So today we're going to talk about uh, protocols and uh, how to approach protocols from um, abdominal imaging. Why is protocoling important? That's a good question. Protocol is really important because you need the correct protocol to answer the clinical question. So mainly the goal of it is to give some type of contrast, whether it's IV, oral, or both, um, to include or exclude pathology through exploiting the visual differences between normal and abnormal tissue. There are certain pathologies that appear hypervascular or brighter compared to the adjacent parenchyma or hypovascular or darker. For some of our junior audience out there, AJ, could you briefly go over what it means to be the different phases such as non-contrast, arterial, portal venous, and delayed? So to begin, with different phases. Um, so we have this terminology, non-con, post-con, arterial phase, late arterial phase. So we have all these terminologies that we use to describe at what point in time we're imaging. So let's imagine how contrast actually circulates through the body. So we inject contrast into one of our veins, usually in the arm, and allow it to travel to the heart. When it goes to the right heart, it pumps through the pulmonary arteries and into the lung parenchyma and vascular bed. The contrast then goes back into the pulmonary veins and into the left heart, and from the left heart, it's pumped into our aorta and the rest of our body. So once the contrast hits the abdomen, it goes into the mesenteric arteries, into the intestines, then back into the mesenteric veins and into the liver. While all of this is happening in the splanchnic vessels and organs, the contrast is also hitting the kidneys and enhancing the cortex, medullary pyramids, and then ultimately excreted into the collecting system and ureters. For all of this to happen, it takes about three minutes from the time of injections. And since we know enhancement of the organs um, in a predictable fashion, we know at approximately what point in time each organ will maximally enhance. So we name these time points as phases. Can you be a little bit more specific on the precise timing? An early arterial phase is between 15 to 20 seconds after injection. Late arterial phase is around 40 to 50 seconds. Portal venous phase is around 70 seconds, nephrographic phase is around 100 seconds, and the delayed phase is anywhere between 3 to 5 minutes. That's great, AJ. And can you give a little bit more information on the renal timing? So for the renal phases, um, we typically, for our renal protocol, we typically have uh, three phases that we look at. We look at a non-contrast image. So no contrast on board, and we scan the patient. And then we look at this phase called the corticomedullary as well as the nephrographic phase. Um, both of these phases, corticomedullary and nephrographic phases, are scanned at certain time points, with the corticomedullary phase somewhere between 25 to 35 seconds, while the nephrographic phase at around 100 seconds. 
The reason why we do this is that during the cortical medullary phase, um, renal cancers such as renal cell carcinomas, such as clear cell subtype, are they robustly enhance and they can have vascularity. So we can bring out the enhancement on the cortical medullary phase during this um, during this time point. Um, during the nephrographic phase, the kidney uniformly enhances. So small masses that may be difficult to pick out on the cortical medullary phase because the masses exist in the medulla, which aren't really enhancing in that phase, can be visualized um, and thus measured on the nephrographic phase. AJ, can you clarify delayed and excretory? Uh, it can be confusing when you first start out and those terms seem interchangeable. So when we use the term delayed phase, we mean it more of a routine fashion. So in our practice, pretty much every single uh, patient that receives a CT with IV contrast has a delayed phase exam, which is anywhere between three to five minutes. For the excretory phase, so, so say for instance, you wanna be imaging the entirety of the ureter for a urothelial lesion, um, that usually happens anywhere between, let's say, like 8 to 10 minutes. That's For our protocol, it's somewhere in between those two. And that allows us to have the entirety of the ureters um, so that we can hopefully exclude or versus include a urothelial lesion. Thank you for explaining that, AJ. That three to five minute delay is certainly new to me as uh, my old institution during residency does not have that as part of their normal routine protocol. Why do you think that is helpful in our standard protocols here at Stanford? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think at our institution here and our practice and patient population, um, we find that there's actually a fairly significant amount of patients where that routine um, delay phase at three to five minutes helps us um, with coming down with a pathology. So sometimes there's a renal lesion that needs um, a little bit more imaging. Um, so that three to five minutes will help us decide what to do with that renal lesion. Also, we're not only just imaging the kidneys and your uh, upper part of the ureters during this delay phase, we're also imaging everything else in the abdomen. So say for instance, we have a hypodense lesion in the liver and then we notice on the three to five minutes that it looks like it's filling in. Um, then we can be fairly confident that that's a hemangioma or some other benign process. Um, so it, it does help us uh, and bail us out at times. Um, in bleeds, um, sometimes we can actually tell that, you know, this is at, instead of just being ingested contrast or ingested uh, hyperdense material, um, it is actually excreted contrast that is extravasating um, and conforming to a lumen of uh, the GI tract on these delayed phases. For that three to five minute delay, I sometimes try to characterize an adrenal adenoma. Is that correct? Is it okay to be using that? phase that we obtain for that purpose. Yeah, so yeah, it's, you know, waiting 15 minutes is a long time. Uh, it's a lot of scanner time for um, characterizing a lesion, such as an adrenal adenoma. Um, but if you don't wait that long, then you will be less specific towards an adrenal adenoma um, if you start imaging at three to five, because sometimes it doesn't have uh, enough time to wash out, so you can actually get that true washout that you would see um, for an adrenal adenoma. So it's um, it's a good thing to wait for that 15 minutes to be more confident. That's good to know. Thanks for clarifying. 
AJ, I just want to rewind and go back to the early versus late arterial phase. Can you explain the early arterial phase again? So we mainly use this phase for anatomy, um, arterial pathology such as dissection, vasculitis, um, and it's a really nice phase to outline um, what the uh, arterial anatomy looks like. In the late arterial phase, around 40 to 50 seconds, we not only have nicely enhancing arteries, but the portal vein is starting to receive some blood. This phase is perfect for hypervascular lesions such as hepatocellular carcinoma since it recruits its blood supply mainly from the arteries, or providing maximal distinction between the relatively hypovascular pancreatic adenocarcinoma with respect to the parenchyma of the pancreas. The bowel also um, enhances during this time, and if the patient has bowel ischemia, um, that will give you a good shot to see whether or not the bowel is ischemic or necrotic at that point. And what about the portal venous phase? So the portal venous phase is our workhorse, um, and we routinely scan patients from the ED um, during this phase, and this occurs at about 70 seconds. At this point, the liver maximally enhances as it derives 80% of its blood flow from the portal vein. This phase is great for picking out hypovascular liver mets, such as colon cancer, visceral trauma, splenic lax, liver lax, abscesses, mesenteric thrombosis, um, and we use this all the time um, for pretty much every single patient that comes in through the ED. That's perfect, AJ. I'd like to segue into discussing the terms triphasic, quad phase, can you please explain to our junior residents um, what we mean when we use those terms? So some of the terminology we use, we say triphasic, quadrophasic, biphasic, um, and this really refers to phases of uh, scanning. So in the triphasic exam, um, it includes the late arterial phase, portal venous phase, and delayed phase. This triphasic exam is typically used to characterize liver lesions. And you can also throw in a non-contrast exam in case uh, it can help us, such as in patients that received uh, chemoembolization to help identify the uh, hyperdense lipidol that's staining the lesion. That's a great point, and it's definitely important to look through the electronic medical record to make sure that they haven't had any prior chemoembolization or interval tastes uh, that would require a non-contrast phase. AJ, you touched briefly on the pancreas protocol. Can you uh, further elaborate? For the pancreas, we have a biphasic protocol that includes a late arterial phase and portal venous phase, since pancreatic adenocarcinoma is relatively hypoenhancing compared to the parenchyma um, during the late arterial phase. My last protocol in question, and it could be an entire episode in itself, uh, can you just briefly talk about the adrenal protocols? So for our adrenal CT protocol, we have three phases that we look at. We have a non-contrast phase, portal venous phase, as well as a 15-minute delay phase. So in our protocol handbook, um, the technologist will call whoever is in, responsible for the examination, a resident attending or uh, fellow, um, to review the non-contrast exam. And the main role for the uh, radiologist is to determine whether or not that adrenal nodule is measuring less than 10 Hounsfield units. If it's measuring less than 10 Hounsfield units, then you're absolutely sure that this is an adrenal adenoma and you don't need to further characterize it with contrast. Um, if it is measuring above 
10 household units, then uh, the tech will go ahead and give the IV contrast so that you can measure the enhancement um, after contrast is given at your portal venous phase as well as the 15 minute delay washout phase. AJ, with that sound, uh, it means I'd like to transition into a segment I call In the Hot Seat, where I bring on another guest who uh, asks you questions. Uh, today's second guest is Dr. Ray Zhang. He is a first-year radiology resident in the Combined Nuclear Medicine and Diagnostic Radiology Residency here at Stanford. Welcome, Ray. Hi, Lindsay and AJ. Ray, what's your first question for AJ? What kind of special considerations do you have to do for protocoling studies coming from uh, the ED, like trauma cases? For trauma cases, the main question is going to be, is there visceral injury? So a routine portal venous phase will be extremely helpful to determine if there's liver lax, what grade of a liver lack there is, splenic lack, renal lack, bowel trauma. So portal venous phase is enough to answer all those questions. Uh, and you'll see, you know, free air, perforated viscous, uh, arterial injury um, that's significant um, with a regular uh, routine portal venous phase. Okay, my other question is, uh, in patients with renal insufficiency, do these uh, phases need to be adjusted to appropriately answer the question? So that's a good question. Um, so in terms of the actual phases in patients that have uh, renal insufficiency, there's no change in what you do. You scan at the same time. Um, you follow the same protocol for a patient with you know, a low GFR versus one with a normal GFR. The main difference is whether or not you want to give IV contrast. In cases where you have acute kidney injury, um, you might be a little bit more hesitant to give IV contrast. Um, but this is a, ben a cost-benefit analysis for the patient. If you need the contrast to diagnose what the clinical team is asking, then you should give contrast. Um, later on, you can always dialyze a patient and try to help uh, that patient recover their renal function. Um, but yeah, if you need the contrast, you should give it. Um, now, if you want to be a little bit more careful with what kind of contrast you give, you can give a lower dose. Um, that way, the volume load isn't as high um, and may not you know, hurt the kidneys as much. Um, but with that lower dose and the different kind of uh, iodinated contrast concentration, you give up on uh, contrast enhancement and how bright things are. So things might look a little bit grayer than more like black and white, which would be a better contrast that you see with a full dose of contrast. That's great for me to know. Okay, my other question is, when would you give oral contrast and how do you go about choosing what kind of oral contrast? That's a very good question. Um, we get this question all the time um, from the referring teams. And in our practice, we actually use oral contrast to address specific concerns such as GI leaks or um, bladder leaks. Broadly speaking, oral contrast comes in two types, positive or bright contrast and neutral or fluid density contrast. Uh, positive enteric contrast, such as gastrographin, can help identify if there's a leak in the GI tract, such as from a, a colorectal anastomosis. Negative contrast, or neutral contrast, such as volumen, allows excellent distension of the bowel to aid in diagnosis of small bowel disease, such as Crohn's. And water is also a good alternative to volumen, um, in case you don't really need all that um, uh, 
neutral uh, contrast. Um, and it helps distend the bowel just to see how the mucosal enhancement is like. So from the ER perspective, um, we don't give any type of positive enteric contrast. We don't do that. And the main reason is because you lose out on bowel enhancement characteristics. With patients coming with belly pain, a lot of times the ER doctors would like to know if there is a bowel obstruction. We can diagnose a bowel obstruction with, you know, with CT and you can give oral contrast maybe to help to see where that transition point is, but you lose out on the bowel mucosal enhancement, wall enhancement by giving this dense bright contrast in the lumen. So we tend to stay away from that. Thanks for the tips, AJ. Ray, thank you so much for all of your great questions. I'd like to begin wrapping up with AJ. AJ, can you tell us a little bit about your take-home messages for today? So I think the big take-home message for protocoling is that you really have to think about what is the pathology you're trying to bring out and how can your phases help you bring that out to answer the question for the referring physicians. If it's an HCC, then you need a late arterial phase to help diagnose that HCC. If it's a uh, ureter laceration, then you need some type of long delay, eight to 10 minute delay to help diagnose that. Um, if it's cholangiocarcinoma, then you might need a 15 minute delay through the liver to actually see the fibrotic enhancing components um, for, to make that diagnosis. So you really have to think about the pathology as well as the scanning times to determine which phases that you want to use. AJ, thanks for a wonderful second episode, and thank you again to our listeners. I hope you'll take some time outside the reading room and come back to Correlate Clinically with us next time.